Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that shit on everything. Hey, Craig. Hey Jeff, um, I just got back from Pullman the other day and I watched the Coop football team play a Mountain West team and just absolutely obliterate them. It was fantastic. Like it was, you know, just exact taking care of business, shut them out, just put points on the board or should I say goals, goals on the board. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, wait, a different football. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I was just talking about the last football game I saw in Pullman, which was on Sunday. Played with a round ball. Played with a round ball. On a pitch. On a pitch. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) They scored a touchdown. They scored a touchdown. (laughs) I'll bet they could have punched it in from the two-yard line. I bet they could have. So... Uh, this is Podcast versus Everyone, episode 128. I'm Craig Powers. With me, as always, is Jeff Newser. Hello. And, wow, here we are again. Yes. Um, they, they, like, they tell hello, us, like, just wait. Hello, darkness, well, my old friend, right? Like what, that's... what if they win? You'll just forget about all of this. You'll just forget about everything if they just win. Yeah. Well, did you consider that they might not win? <laughs> That's exactly it. It's like all the people who, you know, I mean, so many reasons to, uh, to, to criticize Nick Rolovich these days. Uh, you know, and, and when the, you know, the Garantano news came out Saturday morning that, that he was going to be the starter. That was like the talk of all day, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Saturday morning. So Friday night is when word started getting around, right? Like we're, we're on Slack Friday night and a couple of people are like, Hey, I just heard this. I don't know if it's true. I've only heard it from a person. And then somebody else said, you know, actually, I just heard the same thing from somebody. And then somebody else was like, so it, it started spreading pretty quickly, which I mean, these things do. Rolovich was right about that. Like he said that last week. He was like, you know, if I announce it to the team, it's going to get out. There's no way it's not getting out if I announce it to the team. So maybe I'll just wait. All right. Totally true. Started well, to get out Friday night. What's wrong with telling the players that they're going to play football? Yes. I don't know yes. what's wrong with that. Well, it doesn't seem like that should be a problem, but. It, it it apparently is, and so it, it started to get out Friday night. Saturday morning, it was confirmed, and you know, confirmed by Jamie Vinnick. We'll get yeah, get yeah, back. and uh, yeah, it just was, whoo, buddy, whoo. Yeah, so yeah, just it was just starting off the day. We're in the tailgate. We're talking about this. You know, I I 
talked to a few people who saw practices there. There's like, no, like there's no way that Garantano actually beat out Jaden Delora. And so we're just like, what's going on here? This just seems like mind game shit. Like it just didn't, it didn't make you feel very good. At the same time, you're like, well, we're riding with Garantano, you know, fuck the Tennessee fans. And then didn't take long to be like, God damn it. I, <laughs> I, know. I get it now. <laughs> I spent, I spent all day. I spent all day like being like, Hey, maybe he'll be good. I don't know. Like, you know, I mean, you never know. I mean, Gardner Minshew was supposed to be bad. Um, and I know that's the easy, yeah. that's the easy comp, but it really does, you know, fit to some degree. I mean, he was like pretty terrible at East Carolina. Like he had moments of brilliance and looked pretty awful and, you know, at times and whatever. Right. So, um, you know, but at least with him, it, the difference was that there, there was a sense that he clearly won the job, right. That he was clearly uh, the best quarterback. I know, you know, that, um, you know, Leach talked about how he sort of barely beat out Anthony Gordon, which I mean, maybe he didn't leech his mind. People who had been at practices were like, nah, you know, Gardner is pretty much pretty clearly the guy. Okay, great. You know, and so I, I was open to the possibility that, um, you know, that it, it, it might be okay. And, and, you know, and I even said that on Twitter and people were, you know, kind of getting mad at me because, Oh, you know, basically I'm harsh in their buzz. Right. Cause I, I thought that the way that Rolovich made the decision was totally messed up, yeah. like ma- waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting until Friday night. Right. And then, um, you know, as Jamie reported it out, uh, you know, he compiled information from multiple sources and they were sort of saying, Hey, this, this was, this was the reasoning, this idea that uh, Garantano will – I think what they were trying to say was that somehow you'd be more more efficient or more reliable or more or, or less unpredictable or something like that um, was why he was picked. And, of course, that didn't make any sense at all. And so it's just like the, the whole thing just made really no logical sense. Like why – if they really were that close – and we said this in the – you know the couple weeks leading up to it, right? Uh, Rolovich is insisting that they were neck and neck. Okay. So if they are neck and neck, truly, truly neck and neck until the end, why would you not go with the younger guy with a higher upside? Why would you not, you know, turn it over to the guy who you've got for, you know, however many years. And um, so, so nothing was sort of adding up, but you know, outside of that, it was like, all right, you know, Hey, let's give him a shot. And like you said, it took, uh, it took four series four series to be like uh yeah yeah here we are inaccurate throws and indecision in the pocket you know in fairness he something he and delore had to deal with was the offensive line yes uh, not doing their job not great um so yeah but he definitely you know a big chunk of his passing yards were on calvin jackson making an absurd one-handed catch (laughs) behind his back i know which that is was, crazy. Catches like that like usually look way better when you're watching it on TV and they can slow it down. But you could see in real time at the game like how amazing that catch was. Yeah, totally it ridiculous. Just, it looked unnatural. And again, that was like 15 yards of his, you know, 70 or whatever. I don't yeah. know. You didn't have that many. Um, yeah. Um, I have the stats up. I guess I should know. It was. So he had two catches. Or sorry, uh Garantano had two he had 56 uh, yards. So yes, he had two like passes that went for double digits, and one of them was that ridiculous. So like a quarter of his yards were <laughs> the that Jackson. Catch. I know. And, and look, I'm not here to shit on the kid. Like, you know, it's uh, 
you know, he was trying to give one more chance to start and Rolovich put him out there and, you know, it's not, and he didn't play well. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, if he's, if he's not very good, that's not, you know, entirely his fault. It certainly seems like he, uh, worked hard over the summer at various, uh, you know, training facilities and things like that to try and get better. Um, really seems like he, he legitimately has tried. He's just, you know, not, not very good. And so, you know, when Delora came in, it was like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he might not be a polished passer and, and, uh, you know, he may be sort of a one read guy right now, but, but he can, he can make some interesting and exciting things happen. He definitely he, made plays with his feet, obviously, yeah. that Garantano was not making. And he definitely looked like he was saying, fuck you, to the whole staff as yeah. he was running around back there like, yeah, you really fucked up. Look at me. And, you know, I don't I don't blame him. I will say another issue on top of the we, offensive line, we can talk about that a little bit more, but it, for neither receiver, and I, I think in particular Delore, like, because Delore, it seems like they're, they're having him not per, they're kind of wanting him to focus on that first read because he didn't move to his second read very much just as it looked you know i'm not, I'm not a, you know i'm just what i was looking at in real time it looked like he was kind of bailing out of the pocket as soon as that first read wasn't there yes and that first read wasn't there quite a bit um because the receivers particularly the outside receivers were struggling to get separation um and that was that was concerning Yep. Against a Utah State defense. And then you have our offensive line. And then our quarterbacks being a little inaccurate. Delora definitely missed on a couple touchdown yep. throws that he could have had. Yep. He just he dropped it in a little better, which last year we saw him do pretty well. Yeah. Um, so maybe, you know, maybe he's just. You know, maybe he's a little lamped up. It. Maybe he was, yeah. you know, I mean, he certainly looked amped up. I don't know if that explains away the inaccuracy, yeah, but. Yeah, uh, very frustrating. Like the, the quarterback play is, uh, you know, I, I mentioned this when we talked about our, our season preview, and, and I've, I've sort of said this multiple times. So uh, it, at the risk of repeating myself too many times, our fans who were optimistic about the season, you know, really, really were counting on the offense to be every bit as good as it was most years under Leach. And I just like, man, with the quarterback situation, I just, you know, we got so spoiled having, you know, good to great good to great right quarterback play for like six years and wide receiver you know. play too yeah but like quarterback is so important so important if you sit down and watch college football for any amount of time on a saturday you will see so many bad quarterbacks right so much bad quarterbacking at high level schools like i watched penn state wisconsin and i was like oh my god like these are two like top 20 teams and both of them have quarterbacks that stink. It's like, Oh my God, how does this happen? And, and we, so we've just been so spoiled with that. I mean, even when it was bad, like Luke Falk bad in 2017, like he wasn't bad. He was just like, not good. Right. Like, like right. that was as bad as it ever got for us. And we are now, you know, sort of in our second straight year of, it's not good. Like, like, it, like it's actually bad. And Delora for all the things he did with his feet, which are great, um, he, he was not a good thrower and, and that goes for, you know, basically most of what we saw last fall. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was just, yeah, definitely concerning uh, overall combined their 20 or 35 or 211 yards. Like that's, that is kind of what we saw last fall. Like those are the numbers we'd often see out of Delora combined last fall. So that's not, you know, we're not, we didn't get as many vertical plays as we wanted. Didn't really get any vertical plays 
passing that we missed a few that could have been hit. Um, you know, I think, I think Harris had a step on his man and the ball was a little late. Uh, we saw him overthrow, you know, another one. Um, so it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating. And then before the game, what you're thinking is maybe against Utah state, we can just run the ball. You know, it could be like when WC played Idaho a few years back, when, when even in the air raid, they just ran all over him. You know, because you're thinking, oh, our our best kind of off, our best offensive players are probably the top two running backs. And so, uh, but you know, running backs got a total of 15 carries in the, in the game, and then they each got uh, they each got well, and a total of three pass catches. Obviously, there were I think about four failed. Um, shovel passes. <laughs> yeah. Like just absolute disaster. You, you weren't watching the television, but Bob Davey was, uh, nonplussed by all these, all these, you know, fancy schmancy shovel passes. So they were just so poorly. There was definitely a couple times where, uh, like if it could have been a well executed pass. Yeah. It, they definitely could have picked up some chunks. There was definitely a, the, another couple times where it was not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, well, I mean, Utah yeah. State was being hyper aggressive, right? Yep. And so, sure. had you pulled it off, yeah, you might have gotten some big chunks, but they just, you know, that's. <laughs> I mean, Utah State was daring them to to make them pay, and they just like they really about the only one was Borgie's run, right? Like where kind of everybody was close to the line of scrimmage. He turned the corner and he was gone. Other than that, man, you know, we did not make them pay really at all for their aggressiveness, which was really disappointing for sure. Yeah, definitely, and obviously, I there was a couple times it looked like towards the goal line they they wanted uh, you know I, there was a play in the first half where Delora very clearly towards the goal line had a one they 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 had like a hot read for the inside receiver or no it might have been uh, stripling on a slant he didn't beat the guy and Delora had nowhere to go yeah. And so we're getting a lot of these like one read plays and, and, and Delora can run around and stuff, but when it's in tight spaces, but obviously, you know, you go through that first half, it's six to five, they doink a field goal. Garantano takes that safety. It's comical. It was five, three at one point. Like, it's just, you're like, what is this? But then they kind of, they pick it up in the second half, you know, Dolores moving the offense a little better. Borgie gets his long touchdown run. They get a couple touchdowns on the board. It's 20 to 11. They're driving again. You feel like they're going to put it away. And then they get Dolores scrambles, gets him down to the two for a first down. And then what <laughs> happens? What the hell happens? So, so I'm sitting in, I mean, I, I, here's what I want to know. Cause I'm going to tell you what, what we did. When, when it happened. And then I want to hear what the crowd was like when you guys noticed what was happening. So I'm sitting in my living room with Brian Floyd. So we're hanging out watching the game, uh, eating our pulled pork, drinking some beer. You know, well, I'm drinking the beer. Brian's just watching the game. And like all of a sudden I go, holy shit. Why is Cam and Cooper in there? And then I'm like, wait, did, did Delore get hurt? Like, like, did we miss that? Is he okay? And then the camera kind of backs out and shows, does one of those like kind of deep shots, right? Where it's like you've got someone in the foreground and then someone in the background. And you can see Delora very clearly just sort of 
standing on the sideline, right, with his helmet on, right next to Rolovich, and Cooper is in the huddle, and I'm just like, what is happening? What is happening? So, you know, then they come out in the full house, and, and I'm just like, oh, my God, what are we doing? So what was, like, was there, like, a buzz in the crowd about, like, noticing that this had, that, like this was happening, or did people just kind of not really notice because it was so weird? Yeah, it was very uh... – so it was funny right before that I was talking with a couple people uh, next to me about the quarterback situation how, about how Cameron and you know, just he's third string, but he's not leaving, whatever. And then all of a sudden we look at the field and yeah, we're like, wait, number two, is Cam still number two? Like what the <laughs> hell? Who is that? Is that Cam Cooper? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, it is. And then they get in that shotgun wishbone and you're like, what? Like then you're like, wait, this is this looks like it's on purpose. Totally, like, on but purpose. but everyone's still buzzing. Like, you know, people are texting their friends. They're not giving them any information. They don't even know what's going on. They're like, oh, text my friend that I watch on TV. They must have information there. No, like no one knows what's going on. Jaden comes out for two plays. Uh, Utah State was not fooled. No, you know, they try to they try to hand a Borgie <laughs> a couple times out of this. Not and go nowhere. <laughs> and then, and then on third down, suddenly we're bringing Delora back in, but there's right. confusion. He stops, talks to both quarterbacks, and then they lose five yards on a delay a game. Right. And now you're trying to score from the nine or whatever. Yep. Where you were down, you had first and goal from the two. Yep. First and goal from the two. You went backwards four yards on two Borgie handoffs. And then you went backwards five yards on a delay of so game. They on the 11, so they were on the eleven, and it was third and eleven. And then, of course, the <clears throat> the the passing play didn't really ever seem to have a chance. No, that no Utah <sighs> State had it covered. It you know what's what's crazy is like how quickly the game went from okay, this is over. We're walking away with it. It was weird. It wasn't great, but you can feel okay with the game uh, to. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> like, yeah. no, no. Why are we fucking around? Like we don't, we're not good enough to fuck around. Like we're not good enough for, for that. And of course, you know, Nick Rolovich gets on his news, you know, his, his press availability this week and says, well, you know, trying to get it on film, which is like fucking peak coach galaxy brain. Right. Like, no, let's not worry about winning the fucking game in front of us. Let's do something so that, like, somebody a month from now has to spend 15 minutes in practice preparing for it. It's like, oh, my God, my God, my God. You know, and you just, like, that was the original sin, right? Like, once, yep. you, once you did that, that that was it. And, and it was all, you know, fruit from the poison yeah. tree. And he said, some, he said something like, yeah, like, oh, Jaden had been taking some hits. It's like. Uh, yeah, he plays football. Yeah. Like what, what and and why was it suddenly fine to bring him in on an yeah. obvious passing down? Okay, on, so in, on third and 11. Like what I have a theory. Are you suddenly this. not worried about the hits anymore? <laughs> like what's going on with that? I have a theory on this. Okay, so my and by the way, you know, I, I I'm being charitable toward Rolovich, which I'm not generally inclined to do, but trying to figure out what he meant by that. I I think I I'm guessing in order for that package to work, the quarterback has to be 
an option, right? So I, I'm, I'm guessing that whatever play they called or plays uh, they called, uh, involved a potential quarterback keep, right? Pull it out and, and follow the running back or pull it out and, you know, dive up the middle or whatever. Like, um, so I, my, my, my guess is that part of the package was the quarterback being able to keep. He really didn't want Delora running it up into the middle on purpose, right? And maybe getting hurt after running it up into the middle on purpose on a, on a designed option play. And that was why he pulled him out. Now, is that a good reason? No. No. <laughs> right? Like, and- like, even if that's the reason, even if that's why, still a bad reason because Cooper clearly was like, he wasn't going to read anything. He was just going to give yeah, the ball he just, to Borgie. That was, that was going to Borgie the whole way. Because someone said, and- so I, I didn't pay that close attention. Someone said if he had pulled it on the first one that he would have walked into the end zone. And I'm like, I... I don't know. I didn't rewatch it. I have no idea. I I, I have no reason to yeah, doubt. No, the people no intention of rewatching that. Yeah, game. I have no reason to doubt the people who said that. So, you know, but just logic would tell you, okay, third string quarterback comes in to run this special package, like especially a guy like Cooper who we've watched play, and he's not the most decisive fellow. And it's like, you know, it's a guy who's made a lot of mistakes in his career. I mean, the last thing you want to do is pretend to hand the ball off to Borgie, try to pull it out have the ball squirt out somehow by accident, or maybe he fumbles while he's trying to barrel his way. I mean, just whatever, you know, so what's he going to do? He's going to give it to his stud because that's what you do, right? doesn't even matter what the read is. He's going to give it to the stud. And that's why you don't bring in the guy who hasn't fucking played all night. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, the, the original sin is the galaxy brain bullshit. When you, the game is not in hand. It's the third quarter. I think it was late third. Yep. Maybe it was just start of the fourth, late third. It was the start and, of the fourth. Yep. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was like right the very start of the fourth. Like I, we were down there. Yep. On the goal line when it when it switched over. Yep. Um, but yeah, like your game, the game's not in hand. The, now is not the time to fuck around. You're not up like, by three touchdowns. Like yeah, if you yeah, know. if you're at that point, you're up by three touchdowns. Game's over. Do whatever yeah, you want. Fine. But you're up by nine. Like it's it, uh, it's frustrating. Um, Because yeah, if they do get a touchdown there, it's Utah State's going to need two touchdowns, two two point conversions, which they very well could have gotten. I mean, they could have, but still, like you know, but still, you know, it's not it's not they need two touchdowns to win. Right? They need it. You know, that's all they needed, and so it it was uh, that was frustrating. uh, we didn't mention that one of those touchdowns before was Donovan Ollie, which was a great uh, play by both Delora and Ollie. Great throw and great yep. catch and run in. Yep. But, but and then Max Borgie. So you had good feelings, and then we were driving again, yep. and Delora makes makes another play, yep. and you got you have good feelings because the vibes are going good. And then it from that moment on, you're just confused, and then Utah State starts moving the ball. And it all falls apart. After Utah State scored the first touchdown, I was like, I see what's coming here. Yep. Like, or even, it was even when they got past midfield. Oh my God. It was all over Twitter. People were like, this is happening, isn't it? Yeah. Like, once they got past <laughs> midfield on that drive, because I think they started out with like some crappy runs, and yeah. you're like, oh, thank you for just running the ball yeah, with yeah. like eight minutes left. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And then they broke one, and then they, they just kept hitting plays, yep. hitting plays. They score. And 
I had absolutely zero confidence that WSU was going to even get a first down and run some clock. Yeah. Like it, it was just, yeah. No. And, and like you said, I think you said in your, in in your, in your post, like uh, a lot of people, you know, what were people yelling outside the stadium? Like, why weren't they giving it to Borgie at, in that last drive? It's like, well, like you said, it, you, they weren't going to run out the clock with three straight runs. And plus they, you know, they, they had some very safe passes that were going to run the clock anyway. And, and I think like, yeah, Borgie is your best player. Travell Harris is not that far away right. in terms of playmaking ability. Right. So they're trying to get their, your hands in Travell, the ball in Travell Harris's hands in space and see what he, see what he can do. Maybe hoping to catch Utah State off guard because they're expecting us to run. Yep. Um, Utah State, uh, was not fooled. Uh, they, they, they shut down, shut those down. I think they ended up in like a third and long and it just, you're like, this is not going to happen. Uh, they had, they were pretty terrible in third and longs. Uh, a lot of the well, day. wasn't it wasn't even third and long? I think it was kind of a third and medium. It was like third and, it was like third and six five or, or third and yeah. five. Which you know you were like, oh, you know, maybe you can make this happen. What kills you there a little bit is you, you throw an incompletion at that point, and then then the clock yeah. stops. And that's I get why people yeah. are like, you know, it's uh, grumble grumble. And but you know. well, I mean, if if they run into the line twice and it's third and five, they're still going to throw on that right. play. Well, you had to have a first like, down. Like, and I get you're like maybe Borgie can make a play, and yeah, I get it, you know. But also, they didn't. If you want to be mad, just be mad that they didn't give the ball to Borgie more and and Macintosh more throughout the game. And what Rolovich said is that they had had some negative plays, and yes, half, that's true. They half, did half of his two runs of those, were negative though. Like that's two of those negative plays were that stupid yes, that wishbone true. formation on the goal that line. Is true. And yes, he did. He was getting stopped, but I mean that's kind of like. With this offense, and it was the same with the air raid. You're getting like zero, or you're getting a nice little. Like it was like you're, you're just kind of at risk of those plays. Yeah, absolutely. And and so and I get. I wouldn't have been confident on offensive line either, but at some point, like maybe throughout the game, like there was long stretches when Borgie wasn't in the game, like entire drives and things like that, which is very weird to me. He's very clearly your best offensive player. You probably should figure out. And they, they obviously were trying to do it with the shovel passes. They had a nice screen pass to Borgie and they had they had a, a nice screen pass to Macintosh. Yep. So you kinda wonder like why don't we do that more? Why why, why didn't we do that? Like more traditional screen passes versus those weird shovel passes. I I don't know. Yeah. Like people that you're like, how do you get the ball to Max Borgie more? you should probably be frustrated with the offensive philosophy to begin with. Right. Cause what people, people were hoping Borgie to get 20 to 25 touches. That is just not something that happens very often in this offense. No. Like a single running back does not no. get 20 to 25 touches. And it, it seems very clear that he, he wasn't going to get that. No, it's like 15 to 20 is like, like tops on the top end. Right. I mean, if you're only running the ball 40 or 35% of the time, which is about what it's going to be in a run and shoot, you know, you're still, and that was the thing that, you know, I thought was sort of interesting was everybody kind of like, oh, very excited, you know, for Borgie to run the ball. And, and I, I also am excited to watch him run the ball more, but he was almost certainly going to get fewer touches than what he was getting in the air raid. In the air raid, he could yep. very easily get 20 plus touches in a game. 
Yeah, because he get like eight catches and twelve carries. Right, or know? the other way around. Sometimes, like, like he yeah. could he could easily be pushing twenty touches in a game. Yeah, we saw like James Williams put up huge yeah. catch numbers yep. in in his final year. So I I get it. Like I totally get it. You want to see him run the ball? He's he's an excellent runner. Like I I totally get it. And he prefers to run but out of the backfield. <laughs> you're probably not getting more touches out of him overall in this offense than what what you were getting before. I mean, I. I, on the one hand, I agree that, you know, yeah, give, give Borgie the ball, let him see if he can do something. Um, on the other hand, I'm like, you know, did you see the offensive line? <laughs> like that was like, that was, uh, that was reminiscent of any performance where Mike Leach, you know, made them go face the media. Like, like that was or running the sand pit. Or something, I mean, it know. was truly one of the worst offensive line performances I've seen in years. Um, and that, I mean, you know, UW not it's with relative U, Apple cup, not yes, right? Apple cup, notwithstanding, but it's like, yeah, you know, there, there aren't very many teams that have done, you know, and it's not like we took, but there's no Vita Vea. Yeah. Or, I mean, it's not the, like we took a ton of, of sacks, but my God, the quarterbacks were under pressure all night. They couldn't run the ball. It was, I mean, really our best running attack was, you know, quarterback scrambles. I mean, even Garantano had a couple of I mean, scrambles, we, you know, we've, yeah, we've seen this with, with Delora, like last year, they had pretty good sack numbers, but a lot of it was like just Delora him. does yeah, not take sacks. Yeah. Like he just runs away. Like he's very, he's very shifty, yeah. and, but and very fast. Yep. But it's, yeah, it's the the offensive line. It was very early in the game. You saw that they were not dominating, and that kind of signaled to you that this was there. This this wasn't going to be like a special night where Borgie gets a bunch of carries just because we're able to run it down their throat. After the first two didn't hit, you're like, uh oh, yeah, you know, and then and then Garantano slow start, all that stuff. It's it's just, uh, it's it, like it, the the offensive line is kind of the low key, like people, you know, um, and and that's as frustrating as this staff had 18 offensive scholarship linemen when they when they got the job. Yep, and. There's and not, those weren't necessarily like high recruits, but out of eighteen, you have Abe Lucas, yeah, and you still have Liam Ryan, but like it's like uh, in that what's going on that it's, <laughs> uh, yeah it definitely that's the biggest concern that I had coming out of the game. Um, you know, I think I think Delora can get better. I think the receivers can get better. I mean, not that I don't think the offensive line can get better, but they were so putrid that I'm like, how? How does like how is that possible? How does this happen? Like they they are full of veteran guys. Um, I mean, like we I know they, four out of the so four out of the five guys. Now I know I know Brian Utah, Utah State definitely added a bunch of dudes on the defensive no line, doubt. but those dudes weren't necessarily like. Like Patrick Joyner had two tackles, two TFLs, I guess. So they were making plays, but still, I mean, these are these are guys that were didn't play at other Power Five schools and transferred over. So our Power Five offensive linemen should be able to handle should be. that. What it looked like to me was it looked like they had us scouted to a T. Is what it looked like to me because they were consistently. Uh, you know, blitzing into the into the correct gaps. Uh, you know, just kind of. I mean, it was like it was almost like they knew where the ball was going to go, on particularly on running plays. Um, so I don't know if there was something that they saw in the scouting that that sort of tipped them off a little bit or what. But I mean, it just it just looked it looked really bad. And 
um, you know, you would think that the guys that we've got would be able to physically overwhelm the guys that they got. And that just did not happen at all. And so that, that really worries me going forward. Um, we won't have a clear answer on that until USC. I mean, I guess they could play really terrible again this weekend against Portland state and it'll just be like, well, yeah, okay, we're really screwed. Um, or they could be a little better this weekend and, Again, we don't really have a we won't really have an answer until USC. So, uh, extremely concerning. Same thing with the defensive line. Um, you know, yeah. to not have to not have zero to sacks, and really, as far as I could tell, they didn't have any pressures until the last drive. They did have a couple of pressures on the last drive, but really didn't have any other pressures. Otherwise, um, that's just like inexcusable. Yeah, you had you had Ron Stone had half a tackle for loss. That that's the only defensive lineman to add any sort of TFL. Yeah, it's just it was not what we were uh, told to expect. And again, if you can't generate any pressure, any push at all against that team, like like how are you going to do that against anybody else? And I was, you know, I was already not sold at all on our interior defensive line, so it didn't it didn't shock me that they didn't you know necessarily play great. But the ends. Like between Stone and Jackson and Taylor, like those guys should be able to get after the quarterback, and the fact they could not uh, is is massively, massively concerning. So I don't know. Maybe that changes this week, but but man, if if the lines play like that, if that is truly what they are, uh, we're looking at like a one or two win season probably. Like like that's what we're yeah, that's what we're these, staring at. These these. Uh... Uh, opposing lines aren't getting any better or getting no. any uh, no. worse. I mean, they, maybe next, next week, week but maybe, like, that's, but that's it. <laughs> uh, it it's uh, yeah, it's it's concerning. You know, maybe it was just like a one-off. Like they're just screwing up their assignments, whatever. But that always makes you concerned about. Well, the yeah, it's like okay, so um, oh, they were just you know it was assignment things. We can correct that. Well, what the fuck was happening? Why the fuck did they yeah, not know like their assignments? During the Wolf years. A lot. Like, like, well, people are missing their assignments a lot. And well, we why? That, why like, are of, they missing their assignments? <laughs> like, isn't that what coaches are for? Like, it's so. Uh, yeah. We make so many excuses. We make so many as fans. We make so many excuses, and it's like, don't make excuses. They fucking sucked. And so, either a, they're not very talented, or b, they're poorly coached. That's it. Those are your options. So take your pick. Which whichever or a little bit of both, or a little or bit of both, but whichever one makes you feel better. Pick the one that makes you feel better, but it's one of them. And and I don't know. So, I mean, last year we made so many excuses. They're, oh, they didn't have a real camp, and there was no spring ball, and, oh, you know, can't really expect them to play their best when they're – okay, fine. They're low you, on players. You, had, you, got a full, you got a full fucking roster. You just had spring – you had spring practice, and you had a fall, uh, full fucking fall camp, and that's the shit that you come up with? So spare me this time. Okay, see, now I'm getting all worked up. I was I was like not Finally. I was not worked up about this. I'm getting worked up now though. So, well, and then what we got to we got to talk about now is that that second half defense and how this is again have become a trend again under under Dickard and, and obviously last year we're kind of like well they were low on yeah players, they're not very like deep said. and you know but what we okay. saw against Oregon State Oregon. Oregon. What we saw against Utah, Utah just uh, like the same thing over and over again. Yeah, three out of the four where, games. Second half was much worse were, than the first. They were able to 
look really good for a half. You know, they they did they they held Utah State to uh, a field yeah. goal in the first yeah. half. Really low yards per play. And, like they couple they yeah. had two turnovers. Like, yeah. And and then in you know <laughs> the second half, they put up twenty three points or 20, 20 points, twenty one, three touchdowns. Right, like it's well, two touchdowns and two two point conversion and a few goals, but whatever. Like it's just like it's and they were moving the ball, and then in the fourth quarter when they needed to move the ball, they did. Yeah, right down the field. <laughs> now it was it was small plays. It wasn't explosives for the most part, but still, it was like like you know people people were mad on that last drive. Rolovich calling a timeout or whatever to stop the clock on a running clock. Like Utah State had already ran a ton yeah. of time yeah. off the clock before then. Yeah. Like it was not, I, I it was, I, I think like in the moment it seemed bad. But I bet if we went and looked at it, it probably was like, like I think the clock was pretty low. Yeah, but it, but it's, yeah, it's frustrating to do that. But but if you're if you think you're giving it giving up a touchdown because of the alignment right then, yeah, then you probably need to yeah. call timeout. I don't have a problem. With, um, I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I don't have a problem with that either. But. But you, I mean, Utah State wasn't even managing the clock that well on that drive, right? But you get it's once the what what happened was that pass interference. They got him down in the seven, and then which was, was like, totally oh, legit. <laughs> yeah, it was totally legit. I mean, there people, you know, you're mad. Can be mad. There was maybe some iffy calls before, but that was that was definitely pass interference. Yeah. The you know, the corner grabbed to avoid being burned into the touch because the guy yeah. would have been wide open yeah, it would have been a in the end zone if he didn't do that. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, so, but once it was that, it was like, oh God, now we have to make a stop inside the seven. Yeah. And it did, you know, didn't take Utah State very long to finish yeah. after that. But, but yeah, the defense, you know, the defense, it's a concern yeah. now. This, it, it, these, these kind of breakdowns in the second half. Yep. Um, against, yeah, like, this was not a good offense last year. Nope. And maybe it'll be better. I don't know. I mean, you know, we talked about I mean, that. There's a possibility. I mean, it has. I mean, there's a good chance it will be. But, but... come on. Like, are we, are we going to – we're not going to sit here and say this is a better offense than, you know, just about any offense we're going to face in the Pac-12. Well, maybe not Cal, but <laughs> they look really bad offensively. But, you know, I mean, it's – yeah. It, it, there, I mean, there's concern everywhere, right? Like – like, I don't know if there's any part of this you walk away from the game. And, and that was kind of the thing, like, when um, when they were going to win, it was like, you know, okay, they're going to win, and that's great, but I'm also like, I, I don't know that I feel good about any of this. Like, like any of the things that you'd want to see, you weren't seeing, really. You know, and so it was yeah. like, you know, it, it's certainly not to a uh, – not not to a degree to where you start going. Okay, I could see how this is going to grow. I could see how the, you know. I could see how this is going to develop. And it was just sort of like, eh, okay, you know, we kind of over you know overmatched a, a lesser team. And all right, you know. And then of course, then we lost. <laughs> it's like okay, well now now there's really nothing uh, nothing positive to take from this. I mean, I when I you know when I do my Monday column, I was trying to think like who who am I going to highlight here. For the for the you know what we liked and who impressed and I went, I went with the student section, <laughs> for what we liked, which was impressive. Yeah, like, 
they showed up and they were hyped. It was like almost completely full. I have not seen a Labor Day yeah. student crowd that good yeah. ever. So totally like awesome. Maybe since like when I was in school, like 2003. Like, they were super excited was... to get back into Martin Stadium, which I think is totally adorable and really awesome. Uh, and then, of course, you know, the football team had to, you know, take a giant dump on the field. But so that was where I, I mean, I was struggling to that degree. The who impressed I went with Donovan Ollie of he of, he of two catches. Right. Like <laughs> the one touchdown was cool, uh, but it's like that's how that's how just shitty everybody was like. I don't like there just wasn't anybody. I guess it could have gone with Jalen Watson because, you know, damn it. He allowed one catch instead of zero. You know, it's like, yeah. Uh, but other than that, man, I mean, nobody was good. Nobody was good. That sucks. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating to have like such a poor performance out of the gate and where like you alluded to in your it wasn't a run in the mill upset because they just got beat. Yep. You know, they got outgained. Yeah, you know, they they had maybe only only averaged 5.9 yards a play. They held them to 5.4, but still that's not a big difference. Not the difference that you're looking no. for in a matchup like that. Nope. Um, and the, you know, just the the coaching failures, the weirdness around the quarterbacks. There's just a whole lot of just irritating stuff, and the, and some things that you feel like kind of kind kind of are, are are portends to things that are coming. And 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 it's just if, if this defense can't stop Utah State in the fourth quarter, then I mean, who can they stop in the fourth quarter? I don't, I don't know. Like maybe Portland State. Once they st- maybe Cal. <laughs> maybe Cal. <laughs> maybe maybe you yeah, do. Well, okay. So yeah, that that's kind of like what makes you so so mad of the like, ma- of right, the many things right, that make us mad. Right, our right as our game kicks off. UW throws a game losing interception yes. against Montana. Yeah. Yes. At, at Husky home, Stadium, lose at Husky Stadium. Obviously, they would never. Play no, of Montana course not. But in Missoula, but but they, but yeah, at home they lose, and you're just like, hell yeah! And then all we had to do was beat Utah State, <laughs> and then it was a perfect day, and then we were just gonna laugh and laugh That's and right. laugh at UW. That's right. And we can't. I mean, we still can, but like we, but we cannot. No, afford, I went to work today, like, and it was like nobody was saying anything about anybody else's team. It was just like, okay, I won't say anything about your team. You don't say anything about my team, and we'll just we'll just you know go on with our day, okay? Yeah, it's like, it's 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 so frustrating because we could have just been I know like, seriously, guys, Montana. I know, and but like, oh my gosh, yeah. it, so it's so frustrating um, for many reasons, uh, but yeah, it's just also it's just there's nothing to convince me that Rolovich is a poor leader and um, isn't that he's not a poor fit leader for yeah, the yeah. job. Yeah. It's nothing to convince you that he is not a poor yeah. leader. And yeah, so it's, it's just, uh, which at, at least you could hope maybe he did some football things, right. But he didn't do anything football things, right. And nope. he's doing everything else yep. wrong. Yep. And that's just frustrating. And you're starting to think maybe these are just personality traits of his. Well, one thing that I I know from the Leech years is that, you know, and, you know, these things always kind of tend to come out after somebody leaves. Right. 
is, you know, okay, well, you know, the players didn't always see eye to eye with Leach, like, obviously, right? They didn't always, like, his little quirky things or whatever, they didn't always, you know, appreciate those things or whatever. But here's what they knew. You know, they knew they were going to win most of their games. They knew that he was a good coach. They knew that, um, you know, that they were going to get the most out of him. I mean, nobody's, nobody, no player is, I shouldn't say no player. Very few players are ever happy with their coach all the time. You know, it's, it's a, it's a transactional relationship, right? Like I think, you know, fans kind of have this dream of, oh, you know, the, the coach who cares so much about his players and, oh, it's so nice. And it's like a big family and it's, it's not, I mean, I mean, it is, but it's not like it's, it's a very transactional relationship. You, you know, these guys have been brought in to, do a job and the coach is being paid handsomely to do a job. And as long as everybody's doing a job, then everybody gets along, but you know, you, you may not be doing a job. And, and as soon as you're not doing a job, you, you're not getting along and you might be, you know, going somewhere else. So, um, you know, it's, it's not like every player got along with Leach all the time, but there was a sense of, okay, you know, we, we have a shared mission and we're going to be okay. And, and we're going to do this. And so even when Leach was doing stuff that made people shake their heads, you know, the players still had a sense of, okay, you know, business is business and Leach is Leach and, you know, it's no big deal. Right. Um, with this, I, I am legitimately, uh, concerned that he's already lost the team. Um, you know, we saw. It's not just the team. I feel like he's. Yeah. Just for what what I've heard is that he's just lost the entire athletic department. Yeah. Honestly. Yep. Yeah. He, um, you know, we we said that the original sin was that you know that goal line package, right? Like, like the team just like the word I think you used was confused, and it's like everybody just looked discombobulated. That's a good word discombobulated for the rest of the game. <laughs> like it was just like this, this thing is wait, what's happening now? Why are we doing this? And, and honestly it is the kind of thing, not, not to be, you know, super over dramatic about it, but it is the kind of thing that causes players to just lose faith in their coaches. Like what in the fuck are you doing? Like, first of all, we already know. So this has kind of been part of the rumor mill. And so I, like, I can't, I haven't reported this out. So I'm not, so don't, you know, don't everybody who listens to this, you know, take this and run with it. But Look, you know, like like the rumor, we've heard rumors, and the rumor is that, you know, the players were pretty pissed off about the quarterback choice. They were not pleased, and they were not happy. And so they're not happy, and then Garantel comes out, doesn't play well. Delora ends up coming in, saves, essentially saves their bacon, right? Saves Rolovich's bacon, plays well enough to lead the team to, uh, you know, to a, to a, a de- an okay lead, uh, you know, and, and really down to the two-yard line where it's like, okay, let's punch it in, and now we've got a you know, whatever, a, a 16 point lead and, and things are pretty safe at that point. And so despite, despite everything that happened, despite the vaccination garbage, despite, uh, the quarterback games, you know, just despite everything they, they were going to survive. Okay. And then all of a sudden they do this and you can 100% look right back to that decision and go, that's when we lost the game. Like that right there is when we lost the game. Now, did the defense cough it up after that? Yes. But I'm telling you, that is the kind of stuff, you know, playing games with quarterbacks and doing cutesy shit at the goal line and all sorts of stupid stuff like that is the kind of stuff that caused you to lose locker rooms. You lose teams over that stuff. And when the game was over, there were players running to the locker room. I wrote about Abe Lucas because that was the one that, you know, Pac-12 Networks happened to catch on TV. But it's like he looked like he was going to murder someone. And I'm not even like exaggerating. Like he had a look on his face like legitimately 
I would not want to be anywhere near that man because he is a very large man and he is very mad. And I'm like, you just generally don't see that even after games like that where you puke it up or you lose in a tough way. I mean, you didn't see that after UCLA last year, right? I mean, guys hang their head. They trudge back to the locker room. They feel shitty, you know, whatever. Um, They don't look like they're ready to fight someone or break some things. Like there has to be more going on for that to happen. And I am just like, man, it's where there is smoke, there's fire and players will only deal with stuff for so long. And, and then when you put it in the context of, you know, the vaccination stuff, obviously, but you know, you look back to last year, all the upperclassmen who transferred out like veteran guys who transferred out and you're going, eh? right. Like some of them, you know, who left, like, you know, say, you know, Skylar Thomas, you're like, well, you know, you, you, you didn't play very well anyway. So, you know, probably no big deal, but there were other guys, you know, Will Rogers or whatever. I mean, it's like, you know, Cal, you know, Jameer Calvin, you know, goes down to Mississippi state, lights it up down there this weekend. Uh, you know, Tay yeah, Martin. you know, Tay Martin, that was, that one was a little different. Cause he was just like, yeah, he just needed an opportunity to play. But, uh, Cassidy Woods, you know, granted he was, you know, uh, you know, he plays at Northern Colorado, but it's also like he had, you know, four catches for damn near a hundred yards and a touchdown. So, you know, guys were just sort of like, you almost have to wonder how many players were leaving just because they went, they looked at their coach and went, this is a joke. This guy's a joke. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. We're not doing this. I'm not, I'm not doing this for that guy. There's just so, you know, just, it just does never made sense that so many guys left and maybe they had nothing to do with that. But I mean, you start putting all the evidence together and you just start wondering like, you know, did all these players, you know, essentially know what the score was, right? Like they were just like, I can see where this is going. I'm getting out of here before this gets, before I waste, you know, any more of my life with, with this disaster. And you know, here we are. So I, I mean, I guess we'll see this weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if they bounce back this weekend, uh, regardless. But uh, well, yeah. You know, I mean, it, I don't know how long that bounce can last. We'll see. I guess. Right. Overall, I, I probably time for us to take a break. But I think, yeah. Overall, just what what can you say? What a what a what a piece of shit start of the yes. season. Like just from from Friday night. When the QB stuff started coming in on, yep. um, from a football perspective, from a Pullman perspective, maybe I'll talk about it a bit at the end of the podcast. That was yeah. fantastic, but like, I'll, I'll talk about that later. But from a football perspective, extremely disappointing. And then on top of the off the field stuff, it's just, it's not like very fun to be a WSU football fan no. at the moment in terms of yeah, actually supporting the coach and the team and. Obviously, support the players, but it's kind of hard to support the coach at yep. the moment. But, um, yeah, so uh, maybe we'll take a break. Uh, we'll talk about uh, this new commit that we Woo-hoo! finally got a commit. Uh, maybe we'll talk a little about the soccer match that I saw live and in person, which was incredible. Um, I'll talk about, you know, what it was like to be back in Pullman. Yeah. And so, but first, we'll... Pay the bills, as they say.
we're back. So, yes. Jeff, my weekend started off really yeah, well. Yeah, it did. Because <laughs> I got to stop in Ellensburg on my way over at Pretty yes. Fair Beer. Like a legitimate, and I now I have seen it for myself, a legitimate... Good, legitimately beer nerd bar in downtown Ellensburg, yes. which I had not been in a while. Um, legitimately great beer bar in downtown Ellensburg. And now, you know, obviously this is a, a paid advertisement, but <laughs> I can, as a beer nerd, I can vouch for this place as a great place to, to, to go to grab a beer on your way to Pullman, whatever, maybe if you live in in, in Kittitas County, um, just a, a great spot. Uh, I will say it was pretty awesome, pretty great to meet uh, Carissa and Tyler, who own who own and operate. Tyler is a is a Coug. Uh, Chris is an adopted Coug now, of course, um, and and so you know they they proudly. They they proudly run this as Coug. They they showed the game on Saturday night for as as you know as poorly as maybe that went, but still they're going to be showing the game on Sat on next Saturday. They're going to be showing the Seahawks uh, on Sunday. Uh, so they're they're opening early on Sunday to show the Seahawks at nine thirty. Um, apparently they're doing happy hours now after eight p.m. Dollar off beers, three dollars off their app. Speaking my language, good, man. I I had I, I am a I am a big fan of dips. Like I could live on chips. It's and true. Dip. I've seen it. And they have some good dips. They got a buffalo chicken dip. They got a they got a bean dip. I tried those. Very good. Um, yeah, I could definitely live just on chips and dip. Um, but yeah, they 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 had me taken care of from a Pilsner Fest perspective. Uh, we just sat and talked about beer for a while. That was fun. Uh, you know, I, I was able to get uh, a couple Pilsners from Lowercase. You know, took one to go. Had one there. Um, they, they have they have these great relationships. So in talking to them. Uh, what, what, what Chris and Tyler do is they don't serve any beer that directly distributes to Ellensburg. So they literally have beer that you cannot find anywhere else in Ellensburg. They drive to Bellingham, to Seattle, to Olympia, to get beers from Holy Mountain, from, from structures, from, you know, and they drive to Spokane, uh, Lumberyard. I talked about them being an up and coming brewery. You know, they went, they went to get. Uh, lumber, uh, Huckleberry Fuzz Sour. I'm always down for something. Huckleberry. They they went Mexican Lager from Lowercase. Very under under the radar. Great brewery. Lowercase. That I I was really impressed with them that they had identified them as one of the breweries they want to come in because that's just a quality brewery that doesn't get hype, but it's just everything they make is good. You know they went they went to Stoop in Ballard and got Stoop in the meantime IPA. Um, they're bringing Dwinell from Goldendale up. Uh, you know, they're they're going to Skookum. They're going to all these places, getting the barrel aged beers from there. Like just uh, doing great work, just putting in so much effort to create a very great curated tap list and a and a curated uh, bottle and can uh, cooler. They had some great beers in the cooler, some barrel aged beers, some some saison, barrel aged stouts, saisons, all of that. Like, so I was, I'm just, I'm speaking, speaking genuinely right now. Like, it's like, I was really impressed and I'm excited. I'll stop there 
every weekend, hopefully, if you know, and 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 so and plus, shout out to Jim, our listener, who came in as I was talking to Chris and Tyler and said, "Hey, I know you. That's cool that you're here too." And so that was fun. So I'm glad you Cougs are going. You know, be like Jim. Go. You know, they were really excited to see a Coug pull up. Jim at Jim's car was all decked out. That, that was really cool. We were all excited about that. So, um, you know, that they, they're they're you're gonna have fun there. You're gonna eat good food. You're gonna have a good time. Right now they're 21 plus, but I think they're trying to get that changed pretty soon. But like, I I uh, I'm really excited now about this sponsorship because now it feels more like synergy to me. It's a perfect match for our personalities. And uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward for you to make it out to Pretty Fair Beer in Ellensburg um, to, so you can meet them, Jeff. You can check out this tap list. And, and I'm hoping other Cougs, I, now that I've been there, 100%, just go that. They were joking. That's what the downtown Ellensburg Business Association says. Like, go that extra mile beyond beyond all the fast food restaurants. Go get a nice beer Yeah. Um, on your way. Take a break from the road. Highly recommend Maybe stop, watch a Seahawks game on your way back, whatever. Yeah. Um, it all, it, it's a, it's a great spot. Yeah. I, uh, I can, I can verify the fact that you would not say all of that if it wasn't true. <laughs> and I, I would hope that our listeners would know that you take your beer very seriously and that, uh, you, you would find I, a different I, way to dance around that if those things were not true. So I can say that for sure. Yeah. So. So pretty fair beer, Ellensburg. Yeah. I'm excited to stop Coog by there at some point. Owned, proudly Coog owned and operated. Yeah, we'll we'll have to do yeah. it. Um, you know, it's not you know, it's just in Ellensburg. It's yeah. not really that long of a trip if we just want to go. If you want to go, meet I them, suppose that up. is true. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so what are you drinking right yeah, now? Yeah. So I got a uh, matchless Mexico Gold Lager. That's what I'm having. So oh, so this yes. is Tuesday, and it was Taco Tuesday. So I figured uh, Mexico Very Gold nice. Lager would do the trick. Nice little four percent Mexican lager. Very yeah. nice. Um, very very special beer now to me. That's right. You, uh, <laughs> uh, so I could ask my friends Marty and Corey yeah. uh, to be in our wedding. Um, I've been doing it with Modelo's, but never a Modelo. But you had the Mexico Lager, and I just because they were yeah. at your house uh, for for a, for a cookout. No, actually, it was a, a barbecue, barbecue man. Because you were, it was a legitimate barbecue because you were, were smoking ribs. the meats. Uh, those are del- ribs and those, Oh, yeah, the por- uh, uh, pork belly pork burn ends. Pork belly burn ends. Yes. Delicious. Um, but, yeah, I was able to write, you know, in, in Spanish, will you be in my wedding on that. So go Mexico, Woo-hoo. go Me- Mexico, go yeah. lager from Matchless. Matchless, one of those breweries that pretty fair drives to mm. Tumwater. To get their beer and bring it back, yeah, they're pretty out of the. You would not be. They're able to pretty get out beer. of the way there in Tumwater. <laughs> like it's not a, it's not it's it's not a not a. I mean, it's not like it's like a hard place to find, but it's not you know, it's not like it's two seconds off the freeway either. Yeah, and there's the traffic no, game fun going to Olympia, but you can just go to Ellensburg and get uh, get yeah. some natural beer. Um, I am drinking. Well, I started out with. So as you know. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, uh, you know I was celebrating Pilsner Fest this weekend. Mm. And so 
I just, I still have a few more Pilsners left over, so I figured I'm going to keep riding Pilsner Fest, even though it's no, it's officially over, but I, Pilsner Fest is in your heart, you know, you, you can Yeah, I mean, I think we should point time. out that Pilsner Fest is not like, <laughs> like, like there was not an actual festival happening. Uh... Well, uh, okay, so <laughs> I did not make this up, which a lot of people may think. Uh, Seattle Beer School, Bottleworks Beer, a couple bars in Seattle, so like there was a legitimate like uh um there was an event at um in Seattle at uh shit the one in Hillman City the bar in Hillman City it's uh it's uh it's it's I can't Hillman City beer bar uh at Slowboat Tavern sorry uh at Slowboat Tavern they actually had an event on Thursday okay. night and then Bottleworks was having like pilsners and stuff on tap all weekend. Uh, but yeah, but then I went and like picked up a package. So they had like a little game to play with a spin the wheel, which if you follow, if you look at my thread on Instagram, you can see what all that's about. And thank you for everyone for participating with me. That was a blast. Um, but yeah, so it, it's not an actual like, you, know, you weren't going to like a, like a park and there's like, you know, 50 pilsners on tap or whatever. It's just kind of like a, uh, a thing that like some people know about and they think it's fun and whatever. Um, it was to, you know, draw attention to, um, you know, just some charities. Uh, uh, there's, um, uh, the, in particular, let me just get that one. It's a COVID-19 mutual aid, which is just an Instagram account that I'll just tweet out, uh, just, you know, individuals in need, um, you know, that you can, you can help out. But so it was, it was awesome. for that. But so one of the one of the pilsners that I have left is from uh, Ferment Brewing Company. It's in Hood River. Um, so uh, lagers are bottom fermented beers, and 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 uh, ales are top fermented. And, and so uh, so they put bottom ferment when they when it's a lager on their on their because they're ferment. So it's the bottom ferment. That's how you know it's a lager. It's called a Hana Pils. Uh, so it's um, a Japanese style pilsner uh so it's pretty tasty very clean very crisp um i had a few pilsners from ferment uh this weekend i was very impressed um and then also now i'm just having a classic heater allen pills which is all around delicious one of the best pilsners you can find in the northwest and pretty easy to get um so yeah pilsner fest lives on um i will be celebrating it more and more but but yeah so um yeah that's awesome and this, as always, this, if you haven't figured out, this uh, segment is sponsored by Pretty, Pretty Fair, Fair Beer in Ellensburg. Yeah. Proudly run and owned by Cougs. Um, yeah. Go Cougs. And so, uh, Pretty Fair Beer. Uh, how about, let's now talk about this. Recruit, yeah. The first recruit. Uh, do you want to try nope. to say his name? Nope. Or? I, uh, I do know that he is uh, the cousin of the Clemson quarterback. Whose name yep. I have heard and repeatedly also, and still can't pronounce. So I'm not going to. And then also the cousin of the number one edge rusher in yeah. the class of 2023, yeah. who is the Clemson quarterback's brother. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try. Um, but because uh, like Tai Tai, probably Tai yeah. Tai, I imagine. Isn't it like Wigalele? I or something like that. I, I yeah. Like probably tie tie. I, I think it's something, something like that. that. I, I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure that I'm screwing it up. And so please, 
Forgive me if you know the pronunciation or you are related or you are actually our recruit. I'm sorry. I will learn it at some point. I promise. Uh, I just haven't done so yet. So forgive so, me. So he comes in from Matter Day, which is, of course, a, yep. a famous football factory. Uh, but, um, you know, looks pretty under the radar or at least to the recruiting services had no, has no ratings to speak of. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll have one in the next couple yeah. of days. <laughs> if, he, if he doesn't, if he doesn't, uh, it, interestingly, so he apparently visited this past weekend, also held an offer from Utah state, yes. but and UNLV, the, and, and by, UNLV, by the way, and by uh, the way, could, I want to point out the Coug fan labeled him long and athletic. Stay on brand. Long yeah. athletic DL so from has, storied modern day verbals to WSU. So he's got good size, like 6'4", 255 high schooler. That's that's a good place yep. to start. If there is athleticism there, then yeah, that's he, he could be a legit edge rusher. I haven't I haven't watched any video from him yet. Can't tell you. And yeah, even I if I say. did, you you shouldn't <laughs> yeah. you shouldn't trust neither of us have any anyway. uh, particular insight there. Uh, he was he was on his official visit uh, during this game, so that that I mean, if that didn't scare him off, then you know, I mean, it's awesome. Apparently, he liked whatever else happened. If 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 it was like NCAA football two thousand five, he would have committed to yeah. Utah State. <laughs> That's so true. I kind of forgot about that. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I hope he's awesome. Uh, you know, they, they're calling him a sleeper so that, you know, that's just code language for had no major offers before this one. Um, yeah, code language for we didn't even realize yeah, he was, being yeah, we didn't even realize anymore. he was a pro- legit prospect. Uh, so yeah, but I mean, I guess, I guess that's good because we hadn't had a commit since June. Um, uh, we'd kind of been talking about, yeah, yeah we kind months. of been talking about how, you know, maybe that was correlated to all the garbage, you know, swirling around the program. Um, you know, maybe it's related, maybe it's not, I don't know. Uh, but it's, again, it's, it's sort of like too many things all pointing in the same direction. Right. Um, so the recruiting class is, I, I want to say it's 11th in the conference. Um, you know, one of the things about it, it currently says yeah, 81st, 81st natural. A big reason for that is is not necessarily the the quality of the recruits. It's it's really more the lack of recruits, right? Lack of commitments at this point. I mean, we're you know really just a few months away from the early signing period, and we only have I think eight commits, right? Um, and not that yep. not necessarily you'd expect to have you know like twenty at this point, but you, you'd certainly expect to be in the double digits. Um, and so to to have you know nobody committing for a couple months and then. Uh, a few months and then, you know, you, you finally get one, but you know, someone who's, you know, sleeper slash under the radar slash, you know, not really recruited by anybody else. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's still, it's still worrying and concerning, you know, that, uh, that we're not, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, doing, doing a little better here. And, uh, you know, you just, it's, it's, it's kind of like the people that have gotten on, like got on the threads after the game and we're like, I don't care about his vaccination status, but this is a bridge too far. And I'm like, like, how do you separate these things? Right? Like, like, I don't know how you can separate all this. And so you could say, you know, the recruiting, oh, it's just a coincidence that the recruiting is, you know, really slow right now. But I don't know, is everything a big coincidence? Like, like seemingly everything's going wrong. 
Um, you know, the fact that we're not, you know, landing more commits right now, uh, I, like, I don't know how you chalk these things up to, you know, th- there's a lot of coinky dinks, right? A lot of coinky dinks happening right now. So. Yeah. So, but Hey, we, part of the reason, like in past years, we could easily have episodes every week in the summer. Cause you just have commits roll in and things like that. And you, you'd have things yep. to talk about. We, and you know, we, we've just had not things not to talk about. And obviously the, the pandemic kind of makes you just not feel yep. like doing anything, but, uh, uh, but, but yeah, so it's, uh, it's been hard to just be sitting on seven commits for two months, you know? Yeah. And like you said, this is not, it's not hundred percent unique. Uh, you know, Arizona state has five, uh, Utah only has eight. Um, a lot of teams are sitting around 10. Uh, but then you're kind of seeing the, the halves, you know, Oregon state's got 20 and they got nine, four stars and a five star and USC's got 10, but they got two, five stars and three, four stars. So, even Stanford's up there. They got seven four stars. Like maybe, maybe, uh, maybe they're yep. going to turn it back yep. around. You know, after they had some tough recruiting class. So, but it's definitely you know you you can hope. You know when when Leach Leach had his best staff with Wilson and and uh, and uh, uh, Big Joe and everyone Joe Salavea. So that that they were recruiting. Uh, you know they were at recruiting at that level that you kind of hope that a, a good Washington State staff will recruit landing yep. around the forties and thirties, yep. right around the middle. That's of That's right the where you want to be if you're Washington State. Um, they're they're gonna. There's a lot of work to do if they're gonna finish there because even their average recruits, like if you look at the average ratings, they're a lot. They're low. They're the yeah. second lowest in in the conference. So they they're they're just to to finish up in the middle of the pack. Uh, they, they, they're going to have to make, um, to even finish kind of where Leach was finishing when all his good staff left, they're going to, they're going to have to do a lot of work. And if they don't, then there's some real concern, uh, about not even just this season, but, but what, what we could see going forward. It's, you know, the way I closed off, you know, the opener to my, column was you know this feels like the frittering away of the leech years in real time and that's that's the part that you worry about is just like you know just kind of watching it get dismantled in front of you and you know this would just be another you know another way to uh you know for that to happen and so hopefully it doesn't hopefully you know some things turn around and um but you know i mean when when i Hey, they got a kid to pull yeah, and he committed, absolutely. so that's big. So maybe they can maybe they can get pull that off. To Pullman, they have they have some nice two more two more September weekends, um, and then three games in the in, in October. You could you know you get some nice times to be in yep. Pullman, and so not every time. Yeah. Is nice. I would assume that they're going to have. Don't tell me. Don't tell. Maybe not during the <laughs> yeah. six months. I, don't know. But, but, I would yeah, assume but, they're going to have a ton of kids um, for USC. So. That would oh, be yeah. my assumption. So, I mean, because even even if USC slaughters you, the stadium yes. is going to be full, yeah. and and it's going to be hyped. And plus, also, you want to play USC, like that. You know, you want to be on national TV, all that stuff. You can sell all that stuff, even if they beat you by yep. five touchdowns or yep. eight touchdowns, whatever. So, but uh, no. please don't. <laughs> Um, Please or no. if they beat you sixty nine to zero, maybe that's a bridge too far. Maybe you can't come over no. overcome that. Um, 
But yeah, because I still think you know the USC games early enough in the season that that people can still yeah. have some buzz. You know, it beat Portland State. Now, if you lose Portland State, oh, people are still going to go to you. Well, tickets are already purchased. Maybe. Hotel rooms reserved. I mean, like yeah. me, like I I bought the tickets, and so I mean, there's no way I'd be able to unload them what I bought unload them for what I bought them for. And you know, it's always good to go to Pullman, but ain't you know those, those November games, man, those are going to be. Or November game, I guess it is. A uh, couple of October one, games on a Friday. Um, yeah, those are gonna those, those might be those might be a little iffy, man. They might be a little iffy. So, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know. Let's ho- let's hope that doesn't happen. But you know, but I I got to see the value. Yes, of you did. This weekend again, and that was. That was wonderful uh, to be there on a football weekend again. Obviously, we were there like a month ago. Nah, it's different <laughs> on a football like, weekend. Um, it's it's definitely different. You know, we got in and uh, it's just my dad and I had fun doing Pilsner Fest on Friday night. But just getting on the campus on Saturday, I, I saw some diehard Cougs post about complaining. It was the worst Saturday Pullman. Nothing was open, blah, blah, blah. There was some, there was some facts in there, some definitely – Lack of facts, and then also just if you've been going for thirty years, like what do you ever do when you're in Pullman? Like, so this this person was complaining that Ferdinand's wasn't open. It was open to for four yeah. hours, every, like it is like every it is football, every weekend. Saturday football game. It was open two to six. So how did like that's everyone told us that like like the parking attendants were telling us that like Ferdinand's is open two to six. So you can find that information out if you want. But apparently you've never noticed even for going to Pullman for 30 years for football games that that the that Ferdinand's is not that is open for 4 hours and it's always later it's it's it was 2 to 6 cuz the game was late. You know, it's usually the 4 hours up until the game. Up until the the gates open for the game. Like it's that's usually around when Ferdinand's is open. Like it'll probably be like 10 to 2 or something on this Saturday. So that's like, if you don't know, he did complain, like, the only thing open in the Cub was Panda Express, which is true. We went up to the Cub to get some food, and it was only Panda Express, but whatever. Like, I mean, none, none of the other food, like, Cougar Country's not open there yet. None of the other food in there is that exciting, so I don't know what, what you're hoping for. Like, the, the kind of not very good Mexican place in there, or Subway, I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, But Cougar Country, it's it's right down on the lower, like, when you walk in by the stadium, it'll be right there. It's a, it'll be a cool location. Um, so I'm yep. excited for that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we got with the tailgate. We had a blast tailgate. Uh, I know. VA, I saw the like pictures. I was so like, I was, I was having yeah. some serious FOMO. Yeah. You know, I got to see a lot of people again that I just haven't seen. You know, I got to. Got to see Theo. He came, he came down, hung out for a bit. Got to meet uh, Mike. Mike Sean, Michael Sean Duger, that was cool, and and I got to meet Brenna Green, who did that that story on me, Terry my Achilles, so that Ooh. was neat. You know, there's just a lot of people in Pullman. Got to meet uh, Jamie Vinnick for the first Man. time. Um, he and his he and his younger crowd were very excited to participate. In <laughs> of Fest, course so they were. <laughs> I appreciated that. They're excited to this guy just giving yeah, yeah. them free beers. That's, when like, you're in your <laughs> early to mid twenties, um, it's like it doesn't even matter what's coming your way. You're like, yeah, I'll take one. I'll take five. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were. They were like, okay, can I sing again? <laughs> How many Dave Matthews band songs did they have to listen to, though? 
Now, one of Jamie's friends had to do Dave Matthews, um, but uh, definitely had some yeah. of the other things. Uh, but making the wizard stats yeah. was super fun. That's you know, fantastic. You, you, you duct tape the, every can you've had. Um, but yeah, so that was a blast. Uh, you know, had more dip. My sister made her buffalo chicken dip, which was delicious. Uh, shout out to everyone who got to eat that. Um, I know, I know Mike was real into it. Um, but yeah, you know, I was there with my dad. He was having a lot of fun. Part of, you know, I think it was a perfect weekend for Pilsner Fest because we were drinking all day. And so, uh, Pilsner Fest, four to five percent. You can just put those down, you know, you're not getting drunk. But yeah, and then so, uh, you know, shout out to Sherwood, gave me his uh, club tickets. So I got to sit in the club. Got to meet Wooly Bugger, or I've met him before, but got to see Wooly Bugger, um, and so that was fun. And uh, and you know we had fun up there. And uh, shout out to Rochelle who came and bought me a, a yeah. another Pilsner, you know the, the cheapest <laughs> Pilsner of all, Miller Lite. Uh, but still, is a fine. I Pilsner think Miller beer. Lite is, uh, is easily the best light beer, mass marketed light it's beer. Because it's Pilsner. Buy. So, um, yeah, yeah it's cause it's Pilsner, but yeah, she came over, you know, cheers to the engagement and all that. So that was cool. We talked and she was there when the whole Cam and Cooper debacle happened. So <laughs> we were just, you know, got to be like, what the hell is going on? Like go Cougs, I guess. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that was fun up until the last like eight minutes of the football game. But, you know, we got up on, on uh Sunday and, and kind of one of the things I was most hyped about was like getting lunch at the Coug and then going to the soccer match. You know, that was, that was super fun. We got it, got into the Coug, you know, um, that, you know, saw where I wrote like, you know, Craig and Amanda on, on the, on the wall in a place that they don't paint, yep. of course. Um, that was fun. You know, got, kept Pilsner Fest rolling there with a Drew Brew Pils, got, got a chicken sandwich. You know, they had food this time, Jeff, cause they're actually <laughs> fantastic. Um, yeah, that was fun with my sister and her part, her fiance Mark and my little cousin Iris. It was cool to have lunch with them before they left. Uh, they had to go. They, they didn't stay for the soccer because really, if you're staying for the soccer match, it gets over at three. You're getting home late. Um, so yeah, but we had the soccer team. Jeez, <laughs> and I know you watch it. On well, the yeah, I missed. Well, you missed a few goals I, I, you got I there was farting around with my Apple AirPlay because it wasn't wanting to work, and and uh, so I turned it on in about the twelfth minute, and it was already three nothing. So. Yeah, but I got to see yeah, four really more, cool. so yeah. it was okay. Yeah, that was that was nuts. Like they were very clearly uh, better in every way. It looked than like Hawaii. they were playing a JUCO uh, or something. Physically, skill, like it was yeah, bad. it was. Um, I kind of felt bad for White. Like it was, you know, our girls were bigger and faster and stronger and and you know more skilled on the ball. Um, it was it was. I would say like like we've had all year, the the goalies kind of stepped up for them. Otherwise, it probably could have been an even bigger deficit. Uh, but yeah, you know, got to see Elise Bennett make some spectacular plays. It was good to see her um, kind of get rolling because I, I, there's a lot of me that feels like she's kind of the linchpin to really unlocking this thing. Um, you know that that was they really struggled last year. With, uh, you know, just, just sort of out and out scoring. They, they just were not good at finishing their chances. 
Um, and right now this team, now first game of the year, it was like, oh my God, here we go again. <laughs> right. Like, like they, you know, took, you know, 20 or 30 shots or whatever it was and, uh, ended up, you know, tying that first game. But since then it's been, yeah, like they have been clinical. They have been ruthless. Like, oh yeah. So Frimpog, Ellertson's, uh, opening goal, uh, she took it from outside the box, buried it, one-timed it and buried it. Um, the, the, uh, Elise's two goals yep. were really good. Um, one, she just, you know, she called for a, a ball on a, on a, on a, a run down the, the left wing and then just cut it back and just buried it in the corner. Uh, you know, unsavable for, you know, Hawaii's like kind of short, like five foot yeah. six keepers. Yeah. Like that's all they had was like, like pretty short keepers. Like so. And then her second goal was just savvy as hell. What looked like it would like would have been like kind of a fifty fifty ball with a keeper. She kind of played the keeper a little bit, and then just perfectly slotted it by her. Um, when she she kind of got the keeper to commit to going after the ball by kind of slowly moving towards it, and once the keeper committed, she kind of turned on the jets and then just slid it by her. It was very impressive. Um, definitely the type of stuff you want to see from a striker. Um, you know, obviously we had a couple, you know, had some goals from, uh, uh, center backs and it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was a, I, 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 I don't think in all the soccer matches I've attended, I don't think I've ever seen it one team score yeah. seven goals. So that was, that, that was a new one for me. Impressive. I think Sounders have scored six in games that I've watched, but yeah. I mean, it could have been 10. Like I felt terrible for Hawaii. Yeah, it was, it was the. It was probably just one of yeah. the most dominating one-sided, yeah. lopsided matches I've ever seen. Um, I will say that uh, our, our our friend Matt yeah. was two rows in front of me, and uh, and he got to he, he's he's the biggest number one WC soccer fan, um, and he you know he was there right in the front row, smartly in, in front of like the little press box thing they have in the shade. That's why we chose to be there. And then he happened to be in front of there too. Um, although that only lasted for the first half, second half, that sun started hitting us. Uh, but yeah, it was a blast. My dad, he was really excited that we went to that. We had a lot of fun. Um, it's a cool little atmosphere, a little vibe they got going there that, you know, I bet there was around 3000 people. That's amazing. Um, that, you know, they do, that's another cougar corner kick. (laughs) And then they, people are complaining that they don't do the, the cougar, growl anymore after the first downs but they do do them at the soccer matches so if you're missing that go check out a soccer match and then every time wsu has a corner kick after the first one they play it so and and apparently in that first match against arkansas state they had like 30 so uh, or what they had like 22 yep. corner kicks or something um so you would have heard that a lot you've heard a lot that i think they had quite they had quite a few corner kicks I got to the point where I was just like, I'm going to, I'm going to like fill, I'm going to, I'm going to video the corner kicks and I bet I catch a goal. And I did, I caught a goal on, on video, which you don't do very often outside of like a, a, a free, uh, like a, a, an advantageous free kick or, or a penalty shot at a, at a match. You usually don't have the goal on cause you're not like holding your phone right. out all the time. So I would just hold out. So I, I caught a goal. Yeah. So that was fun. Um, the seventh goal. So maybe the, the celebration was not quite. As uh, as enthusiastic as it was for the yeah. first six goals, but it was a, well, it was. Uh, it let's was hope nuts. it translates to Pac-12 play. Uh, it's always you know tough to know 
uh, how much, you know, non-conference play really, really matters. But like, like anything, goal differential or run differential or point differential, any of these things that we look at is usually a great indicator, you know, of stuff. Uh, you know, if you're, you're playing a weaker opponent and you're beating them, you know, seven to nothing or four to nothing or whatever it is, you know, as we've been sort of trouncing people, like that's nothing but good sign. So hopefully we, uh, we're on the revenge say, path from so, last season. Who I always like to refer to as Coog legend. Yes. Yemenis, because she had the, had the winning goal that sent them to yep. the college cup uh, against South Carolina. Um, she is so just like so much of a presence yep. in person. Like she's big, she's strong. Uh, she just doesn't take shit. Like she just cuts out everything. She's very good at cut, coming forward and, and setting up, you know, the offense. You know, I, I think of like what, when we're watching the center is what like Ariaga always tries to do and, to, to like sometimes good results, sometimes terrifying, but she's always kind of taking a few extra dribbles up to midfield and then, and setting them up with the pass. And they actually scored some goals and they, they've have scored goals in the past from her doing that. So she's just real fun to watch on the back end, just an absolute force. And it, it, just, it was, she was just so imposing in person to see. And, and a part of it, you know, those Hawaii, Hawaii, uh, women were not like super big, but like at the same time, she was just a very imposing force. So it was exciting to see her in yep. person. Uh, cause you, you don't like, you can't, you don't get to watch the defenders as much when you're watching on TV. Uh, but just watching the way she positions herself and the way she reads, uh, just all, our defender back line is very good. So I, I just, you, you see the way they read the ball and the way they position themselves. It, it's kind of stuff that you feel like is going to work against a better right. opponent right and and obviously they have not allowed much nope. so far so um i'm hoping yeah the defense is a strong as a strength and then if they can get a lease and crew up front finishing yeah. their chances you know hopefully yeah. they'll be looking good yeah it's exciting i try to get them on you know get them on the tv whenever i can i did look at the schedule it was like maybe they're home the weekend of usc they are not home the weekend of usc no, the next time they're womp, home on a, on a Sunday is after uh, BYU. Uh, they do have some Thursday games, so that's like for the the tailgate, the uh, the RV crowds that roll in. But uh, um, I'm still I'm still bummed that they didn't put a basketball game on the day after the yep. Friday Arizona yeah game. But uh, but yeah, so um, you know I'd like to see more potentially like Friday night. Uh, soccer matches but i know you kind of got to separate soccer matches out a little bit more not like volleyball right. or you can have like friday sunday um so they got to go like thursday sunday so that's, yeah. that's the more typical thing so you know if you can add if you can usually you could you can get that hotel on thursday if you want you know if, if you're if you're wanting to go see them it's it's pretty you know especially if you're working working remotely or something you could probably get that hotel on thursday for a lot cheaper than you you're paying on friday and saturday and check them out. And I'd highly yep. recommend because they're super fun to watch. And the and the atmosphere yep. at the matches are great, you know. And so I uh, just, you know, get get some beer yeah. flowing in there. It'll be even better. It's kind of stuff makes me want to move back to Pullman, man. It was. Like, I was thinking that whole time when I was sitting at that match. I was like, man, this is – uh, like, going to football games is one thing. Because you know you can go to the football games and you don't live in Pullman. That's fine. But when you're at, like, a soccer match and you're just like, man – 
if I went to Pullman, if I lived in Pullman, go I could to do all of these. All of these. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So they got Thursday night this Thursday night. Um, so you know, if you want to, if you want to go to Pullman early day, you can watch you them go. play Seattle. That should be U. another, uh, another uh, decisive victory, as it were. Well, that Seattle U is. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I guess they they kind of were tough last year. They played them in Seattle. I think they were a tournament team two years ago. I don't know. We'll see. But it, hopefully it is. I think so. Yeah. I believe. And then uh, I believe. You believe. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Pullman was great. Uh, everything was good outside of that. <laughs> you know, the weekend went yeah. incredibly well, except, except for, for like that. eight minutes of football. Yeah. Man, I just looking like. Preston just published his yeah. podcast. We're recording this. This will be published tomorrow. You guys are going to have plenty yeah. of content to listen to about a game that you <laughs> probably you never, never want to think about, about again, ever but... again. Yeah. But, hey, I appreciate you listening. Um, if if you're still if you're listening to this, you obviously like this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Also, I, I met some people this weekend just who were like, hey, you know, I like the podcast, whatever. Uh, that does. makes That warms my heart. Um uh, don't 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 be bashful if you see me in Pullman. Don't just say hi. It's yeah. it's okay. Don't be afraid. Um, I he doesn't bite. Um, if I res- if I respond awkwardly, it's just because I'm an awkward person. So don't take offense. But I'm I'm happy you know to to hear that you enjoy it. it it's 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 good. It, um, um, it it makes me feel good that we do it. Give yes. people something to listen to and that they actually enjoy it. So so yeah, I'll be in Pullman next two weekends yeah. if you want to say hi to me. You know, feel free. And, uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, so it was good in Pullman. You know, I got to talk to a couple people like that at the at the, um, at the the soccer game, which, of course, you know, if someone recognizes me in Pullman, my dad <laughs> just, like, beams with That's pride, right. which is hilarious. So I'll be there with my mom this weekend. So if you want to do that in front of my <laughs> she mom, will she also will also, be impressed. like, beam with pride. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you uh, if you want to follow us on, in, you know, digitally and not not talk to us in person, it's uh, at the Craig Powers on Twitter for me and at Craig W Powers on Instagram. Um, I especially rock the stories when I'm in Pullman, um, and that's that's where you see a lot more of the football stuff. But uh, you know, I'll post pictures here and there too. Um, but yeah, and then Jeff is at Pod versus Everyone on Twitter for the hottest of hot. <laughs> The the heat, the melting melt your face, face melting takes you go, you go to Jeff, melt your face. Um, if you want to send us questions, comments, uh, Jeff, uh, sorry we didn't uh, help you out with that stream on Saturday. Honestly, I I, I don't know where to. Not you, Jeff. <laughs> I know. Jeff I was like, us. what did I? I do? don't know where to. I don't. I used to know where to go those things, and the SB Nation told us to not share them anymore, and so I don't look for them anymore uh but so i'm not really sure where those are i haven't looked at those in years so uh i would say reddit is the best place to look for that um but yeah so yeah send us an email comments questions if you have any any of that um i I can understand if you guys just didn't want to send any questions about this last game yeah Uh, not 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 so fun uh we'll be back with a uh a Portland State preview later this week. Uh, so check that out. 
Um, unless you're just listening to this after that game, which uh, <laughs> someone told me they did do uh, already. So <laughs> I don't know how depressing our preview of Utah State was after we had just lost to Utah State. Probably not. Probably not the most fun thing to listen to. Um, so listen to them before, yeah, or listen to them after. Either it's way. fine. You know we're hilarious. You know, either way. Uh, but Jeff, so uh, did you have anything you wanted to plug, or did nope, I already do nope, everything for you? All right, thanks to Pretty Fair Beer uh, for sponsoring the beer segment, and uh, thank you to Randy England for our music. And Go Cougs, Craig. Go Cougs, Black Lives Jeff. Matter. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> <laughs>